you, Dave, and hallelujah. We, no, we tricked him tonight. We put up two chairs. He's not used to that. Yeah, let's stand together tonight. God's good. Uh, we're really blessed tonight to have somebody special with us. And uh, I want us to make our confession first, and then we're going to have Kenzie come up. But I know that God has a word for all of us tonight in what she's going to share. And it may not be the whole thing, but when, when God brings somebody to share a testimony, the Bible says we overcome in Revelation chapter 11, verse 12. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And the third thing is not loving our life even unto death. And, uh, you know, just sharing what's gone on in our lives sometimes can be uh, very difficult to go back and share those things. But I believe that our testimony is what gives other people hope and gives them the ability to believe that God can do something for me if he can do something for them. Amen? So let's make our confession tonight. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Come on up, Kenzie. I'll give you this microphone. Here. <laughs> okay. This is Miss Kinsey Howe. And uh, give her a hand. You know, it's, it's not easy to get up in front of people. But uh, this month, you know, is Thanksgiving. And uh, really, I had a plan to try to have testimony every Wednesday night. It didn't work out that way. But I had already scheduled Kinsey for this one. Next Tuesday night, we have service rather than Wednesday night uh, in the week of Thanksgiving. And then all of you need to come ready to share something that God's done in your life because it'll be testimony time for the congregation. And those of you that have been with us before know what that's about. But uh, when I met with Kinsey and talked with her about it, uh, she said, yes, she'd really been feeling that God wanted her to share. And, uh, you know, when you share, you overcome as you share. And so I believe this is a night for not just us, but even for Kenzie, that we overcome. There is nothing that stands against us that we do not have the ability to overcome because the Bible says in 1 John 5 that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ is an overcomer. And what is it that overcomes? It's our faith. It's our faith in what God can do. So um, I'm going to let Kenzie just share. I may ask her a question here and there, but... Um, Let's just pray before we begin. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Kenzie. I thank you, Lord, that um, everything in our life, every single thing in our life, you know, has uh, a way of making us become the person you called us to be. So I thank you tonight that as we hear this testimony, that uh, the glory of God would be on this sharing time that we have here, just for these few minutes that we have but that your spirit would touch every heart that's here with the words that Kenzie's going to speak. And I thank you, Lord, that when we leave here, we will not be the same as we came. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Okay. this works. Okay. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just a little background on me, if you don't know. Um, that lovely Morgan that does the announcements, that is my sister. And then my mom is out here. Um, so when I was thinking about giving my testimony, right, we think about what are all of these great things that make an awesome testimony, right? And we start putting them together uh, like a book, and we think, oh, okay, we listen to somebody else's testimony, and they tell us how they never knew God before, and then he, he grabs them in the middle of heartache, you know, in their, in their mid-adulthood, and then they rock and roll for Christ, right? And for me, that hasn't been my path, but I don't know how many of you have kids, but um, I know Reese and, and Hudson, my niece and nephew at home, they always get in more trouble, and it's always this hook line. You're in more trouble because you knew better, right? And uh, for me is I knew better. So I grew up in church uh, from the time that I was born, dedicated uh, to the Lord. And so for me was I've known better, right? Um, and I struggled. I've struggled a lot in, in life, not... Um, if you see my mother, it's not her fault, so let's just tell Tracy. It's not, the things that are about to be shared, it's not your fault, I promise. Uh, she taught me to do better. But, <laughs> and, you know, we watch people and we think, wow, their walk with the Lord. Man, I wish I could be there someday, right? Because we're in the middle of our tragedy. We're in the middle of making all of the wrong decisions. Um, and now 
I, I feel like I'm kind of on the other side of that. I'm not near where I need to be uh, or where I know God has taken me, but I've, I've got it and I've got a hold of it. Um, if, you'll, if you don't mind just putting Romans 8.28 up for me. Um, the Lord has had this on my heart for quite some time. Uh, and Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And, and the key word there is, is love the Lord, right? And I remember meeting with Pastor Pam a few years ago and walking into her office. She probably thought, oh, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> it's going to take a heavy dose of God, right? Um, and she, she had it on her heart to just tell me that she felt like I was supposed to love Jesus like I loved him when I was little. And I struggled with that for a long time. I struggle with that even up until today. Sorry. I am the emotional one out of my sister and I. Uh, I'm the one who cries, but I'm also said to be the meanest. So I don't know how that <laughs> panned out. Um, but my sister oversees uh, the children's church, and I was preparing and praying and going over my notes in her office. And I've seen all the, the coloring papers and the projects that they do. And these kids, they just love Jesus for nothing other than the fact that, you know, Reese, my niece, when you would ask her when she was little, I said I wasn't going to cry. Um, Reese, when you would ask her when she was little, when you would ask her how she got so cute, she'd say, God made me this way. And most children would tell you, oh, because my mom or because of my dad, whichever one's paid him off to say it, you know. <laughs> and her answer was always, was always God. And that is that childlike faith and that childlike love that we know nothing other but then to ask of him and to expect for us to receive, right? But then we become adults, and that's where, unfortunately, it all goes just a little bit wrong, right? Um, but glory to God, that's everything that I've gone through has now shaped me to where I am today to have the opportunity um, to share. So a few of the things now that I've sucked up my tears that I would like to talk about, um, some of the tragedies that, that just shaped me through my life um, and the unfortunate relationships that I've chosen. I don't know about anybody else in here, but I've had a couple of those relationships that I probably would have been better off without, right? Um, but then my career, which has kind of always been that, that steady place for me, even when everything seemed to be uh, going all wrong. So for me, again, to look at me and to see how I was raised, some of the things that I'm going to share, my mom doesn't know, so say another prayer for her, right? Um, but also understand that I was, I was raised to follow God, right? But we have our own free will. Um, and for me, when I was when I was growing up, my mom, bless her heart, wouldn't let me go. Sp I mean, even up until I was 18, I wasn't allowed to spend the night in anybody's house that she didn't know. I mean, I was lucky to go spend the night in my grandparents' house, right? And so the minute I turned 18, I thought, okay, I'm going to get it all in as fast as I can, right? So I hit 18, I graduated, and I'm out of the house. Um, I was, for a couple of those summers, probably out of four months, maybe sober, two weeks of those. Um, just because I was running, right? I was running from what I knew what I was supposed to be doing, um, but paired with all of the wrong choices that I had made and some of the things that I had struggled with. And I, like many do, got linked up with the wrong crowd, right? And so my um, downfall, uh, where it all kind of came crumbling down, is when I was 18 in a bar in Indianapolis that I should have never been in, obviously wasn't 21, um, I, I met a guy, right, and that was always, we all have, like, the one place where the devil knows that he can get us, where he knows that we're searching the hardest of that place that's just void in us, um, and for me, it was that relationship, and I'll get into that a little bit further, but I remember uh, going to a bar with this guy, right, that I'd known for, I'd known for a while, but he had this grand idea to take me to a bar, and um, I hadn't drank a day in my life because I knew that once I walked in that had my mom sniffed that on me, it would have been done for, right? Um, so he got me this big pint beer, and that is the last that I really remembered of that, of that evening. Um, all I remember was riding around the city with him, kind of uh, dazing in and out. And that morning, my grandparents' house is out in the middle of the country, and they live about 10 minutes away from my cousin's house. And I was leaving, leaving him uh, that morning to go ahead to meet uh, to my grandparents and my mom and my aunt 
uh, and some people were going to lunch. And so there's 10 minutes in between the two houses, and they wanted me to come meet them for lunch. And I said, okay, here I come. Well, 10 minutes went by, and the way that I drove back then, 90 miles per hour, I could make 10 in about five, right? So once it hit about six, my mom knew something was wrong, and the next thing you know, she hears nothing but sirens. And a mother's tender heart just knows, right? I can never hide anything from her, really, because she just knew. And the tow truck driver, when they wrote down the paperwork for taking my car, had wrote it down as a fatality because just looking at that car, he said that there was no way anybody ever walked out of that. The only thing that I have to this day as proof of that is my word and the small little scar above my, above my eye. God walked me out of something that I had no, in, in man's knowledge, had no rhyme or reason to have walked out of alive. Um, and that, for me, is just one of those things that just showed me God's protection on, our, on my life, right? The bigger the call, the more times the devil will try to kill you. We say that jokingly, but unfortunately in my life, I found that to be pretty true. Um, I was, from the age of 18, the minute I could get out of that house, was in and out of, out of bars, right? I was friends with the promoters. For me, I was chasing that some sense of fame, whatever made you somebody, right? Without Christ, we're nobody. And unfortunately, I didn't find that out till later down the road. But I remember another night that I was uh, at a bar, right? And again, 18 years old here in Lafayette, just there to hang out. And uh, it just broke loose. A fight broke loose in the bar that night. And people were running around. And I was just onto a wall because I'm like, okay, I've gotten myself in a little bit too deep here. Um, and there was a guy that was taken outside um, and beaten to where you couldn't even recognize his face, came in and he fell at the foot of my foot of my feet. And I just remember looking down and being like, oh, wow, what, what am I doing here? And next thing you know is you hear gunfires uh, outside and there was a guy that where I should have been because I was trying to make my way outside uh, had been killed right next to my car. And I wasn't even allowed to take my car until the next day when the police released it. Uh, because it was taken in as evidence, right? So the devil tried to kill me on the road in an accident, and he didn't. that didn't pan out for him. So then he thought, okay, next best thing, we'll just try to shoot her in the bar. Um, and I still didn't get it, right? Because you're running around, you think you're invis invincible at 18. I walked out of that car right cool. I mean, I walked out of, of the shooting, and I'm fine. Um, and kind of leading into the relationships that I chose, um, and the way that they've kind of taken me down the wrong path is my mom, bless her heart, was the greatest mother that you could ever ask for. My dad at times fell a little bit short. Um, sorry. Uh, he fell a little bit short. And so, unfortunately, like so many girls, I spent my young adulthood trying to find that. And I always found what I thought it was in the wrong guy. And... Um, much like the guy that I had got hooked up with uh, when I was in Indianapolis. Um, I fell in love, right? I fell in love with another guy. And for me, as I was always chasing after that family. I just wanted to have a kid, right? And um, I found it in what I thought, you know, could be him. And the things that I allowed for myself to go through in that relationship, I look back now and, you know, I look at little Reese. And uh, I think, my God, if anybody, if anybody so much as bullies her at church I'm or at school, I'm ready to step on that school bus. I get a little bit crazy. I mean, I will go on there, and I'm like, Morgan, we got to fight this kid. Find out, <laughs> find out who the mom is. We're gonna have to fight in the commons of the school. I mean, they can't be hurting her feelings like that. I get it now, but I never understood it from my family's perspective. Right when we were younger. We were conditioned to um, not let the truth out, right? It was all about what people thought of you. And so through, through my life, I've always tried to paint this picture of what I thought it meant to have it together, right? You always got to have your hair done. You should have your makeup on, although I don't always get that done. Nice clothes, shoes, and be presentable, right? Don't ever act a fool. That was kind of the thing when we went to church is don't embarrass us. And so I got really good at how to cover up my life, right? Um, but in that, you lose the vulnerability where you have the opportunity for somebody to see what's really going on. Um, so, I mean, I was just head over heels for this guy. 
18 and I and I was working and I worked hard like the company that I'm with now I started with them when I was 16 years old and I wouldn't even cash a check most of the time um, and just saved it up and I was going to get this apartment right and uh, I remember finding out that he was living with another woman and I thought wow obviously you know everything just kind of came crashing down for me when you find that out and I still wanted to be with him and I I've struggled with that, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, like, wow, how could you be so stupid? And um, I remember him calling me one night. I was headed home from work, and he had called me in this panic and told me I had to come and pick him up. And I had just found out a few days previous that he was living with this other girl, ironically, in apartment complexes across from my work. And the love that I had for him out of stupidity was like, okay, here we go. I'm ready to run. Um, I'm going to go save the day. And when I arrived, had found out that, the police were coming because he had knocked this girl out in front of her son uh, because he disagreed with something that she had to say. And in my head, right, what a normal person would have thought is, oh, I'm staying as far as away. I'm not getting involved in that mess. But in my head, what I was thinking is, oh, he doesn't love her. He was just staying there because he got evicted. So he's never hit me before. That's because he actually loves me. And it'll never happen to me, right? And that's the story that we sell ourselves. Um, and he moved in with me, right? I got my apartment. And he showed up with all of his bags packed, ready to move in. And I didn't even have a say-so in that. He just moved all of his stuff in, him and his buddy. And then uh, three days later, having moved in on me at 18 years old, trying to, you know, create a home for myself, quit his job because he couldn't get along with his supervisor, um, and so I was, he, he was much older than me, and I was there left to kind of hold that bag. Um, and I remember him living with me, and the first time that his anger kind of ran off with him, um, we got into an argument, and that was the first time that he hit me, right? But it was never him. And my family probably is sitting here like, oh, my gosh, because I have always been the spitfire, right? I've always been the one to come to anybody's defense and be ready to rumble with anybody, and that wasn't where I was at. Uh, because that, that controlling spirit, when it takes over you, there's not much that you can in the physical realm try to fight that off. And I remember he hit me, and then I was just, you know, whatever it was that it was my fault. I don't even remember what it was, but it came down to that it was my fault, right? And I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to do what I did that time to upset him. And then it progressively would happen here or there just because he couldn't control himself. And I remember I, I uh, took a pregnancy test and found out that I was pregnant. And I was so excited. I was like, wow, I am going to have this family that I've always wanted. And I remember going to a meeting that morning and um, – had some signs that it wasn't, the pregnancy wasn't going the way that it should. And I hadn't had the opportunity to tell him because in my, you know, small uh, adult, naive, immature head, I was like, I'm going to have it all planned out, right? I'm going to go buy this uh, Michael Jordan onesie and I'm going to show him and he's going to be so excited. And then I didn't even get all the way back home and I had lost the baby. Um, and I had to be at a shift that same night to go work. And I remember passing out on the bathroom floor of my mom's house. She wasn't home. And waking back up, and I was late for work. And I am, like, super dedicated to not being late to work. So when that happened, I'm in full-blown panic. I'm not even thinking about having lost this child. I'm thinking about I've got a bigger problem on my hands. i got to get to work. And so I drove to work, and I worked that entire night shift, um, having lost that baby, Right. And went to the hospital and took everything, you know, took care of everything myself. And I wouldn't tell him. I didn't tell him for quite some time because I thought, wow, he's going to think there's something wrong with me. And I've done something wrong to lose this baby. Why would he ever want to try with me again? Um, and so a couple of months went by and we had gotten to an argument about something again. And I remember just telling him out of spite that he was the reason that I had lost the baby um, out of out of stress. And he had... Um, he had the night before that I had lost the baby, we had gotten to a physical fight about something. Um, it was about a water bottle. I'd thrown it at him, uh, tossed it to him, and he thought that I threw it at him and it embarrassed him because he didn't catch it. And so he came and pulled me out of the bed. Um, and that then obviously in turn uh, caused me to lose the baby. That still wasn't, that still wasn't even enough. I remember losing that baby and thinking, okay, I want to try this again, 
right? Things will slow down. Now he knows that it was his fault. He would never do that again. So let's try for another baby. And I remember um, I was living in Illinois at the time, working at a store. I had got promoted. And uh, I found out that I was pregnant, and I let him know. And that time he was excited, right, for what, in comparison, I had gone through what I thought excitement was. And it was a little bit of a grumble of, oh, okay, well, let me know if you need anything. And I remember being at work, and I had lost the baby again. And I remember calling him that Saturday morning, and I said, okay, um, this is what's happened. I just need to be with you. I'm going to drive to your to your house. And he was like, oh, okay. And I remember in my head having painted the scene of what I thought love was going to look like, what I thought I was going to receive when I got to his house. I thought, okay, you know, he's, I'm going to be crying. He's going to cry with me. He's going to hold me. This is going to be great. We'll work through this together. And that was not what happened. I remember showing up, and um, I was just sat there on the bed with no no emotion or affection to have offered me for what was going on. And there was a ring, um, a, a doorbell rang, and it was his best friend showing up to play video games and smoke together. Um, and I remember just feeling so defeated in that moment, like this is what you're going to choose to do, and we're losing this child. Um, and I remember as soon as his friend came in, he asked me how the baby was doing. And I looked at him, and he gave me this look of like, you better not embarrass me. Um, don't you dare say a word. And I remember just sucking back my tears and sitting there that entire four and a half hours that they sat and played video games without a break, um, trying to hide that, right, because that's what he wanted. That's what would have made um, him happy. And so through those two miscarriages, right, um, it says in the Bible that the things that we go through won't go in vain. And that, for me, was one of those turning points that through my story, through what I can share and what I've been able to share, those two babies' lives won't go in vain. Um, and I'll be able to reach somebody. And so through, oh my gosh, here we go. The, the, no, no better way for the Holy Ghost to take over than you to lose your notes, let me tell you that. There you go. Or knock out the pastor with your knee. Um, it's okay, I've been hit before. <laughs> When I originally was going through my notes and going through with Pastor Pam talking about the things that I wanted to discuss, relationships was at that, like, top, right? Because that is above all else where I have fumbled it the most. I mean, if you ask my poor mother, I have been in so many poor choice relationships. She's like, I, they run together at this point. They don't even have names. I just classify them by the offense that we've gone through with them. And but in that, you know, and through this past week and praying and seeking God's face, he'll reveal things to you. And he knows and has numbered your tears. He knows the number of hairs on your head. and He knows the number of tears that you have cried. And God's love to have known and care enough to count every single tear that we have, I, that doesn't compare to any of those relationships that I've been in. Um, and, and that for me now is how I have learned to kind of classify, uh, to classify and compare my relationships now to the Lord of, of does this love really measure up? Um, God at that, at, at that point in time that that love is meant to be will open that door, right? And, and in that, that relationship that he wants you to be in will be the relationship that will be for his good, uh, that, that you'll be able to work through um, and, and do for God what he wants to see done in other people's lives and will be in that relationship. Uh, and I struggled for a really long time. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just going to keep it real. Uh, sometimes I've been really mad at God. I mean, I have just had an all-out war with him in the car. I've lost every time. Don't, I don't, don't try it. Um, but, I mean, it's an all-out war with him in the car. Like, I just do not. I don't get this, right? I don't, I don't get why... Have I lost these babies? I don't get why is this never, ever working out. Um, I, just, I, I just didn't get it, right? And now I've started to kind of be able to put those things together and start to kind of get it. Um, I've just taken this on the way. I mean, she was supposed to ask me questions, probably so that I wouldn't talk so much, and I have just <laughs> I think you're doing this. really good. You know, when <laughs> you, when you hear all these things, you think, wow, you know, uh, how could all that happen when you know God? But the enemy is so deceptive and so subtle, and I agree. He goes for that weak place, 
And uh, when you have struggles in your life with your family situation, uh, with a father or with a mother, I mean, it can happen on either side, uh, that lack of feeling that security, of mm -hmm. knowing that you're safe, uh, looking for that, just keep looking and looking. And I believe today, um, I believe this testimony is important because I know there's a lot of young women mm. and, and guys that have gotten in relationships physically, emotionally, uh, tied to people in a situation of control, uh, whether it's uh, with a guy and a girl or a guy and a guy or whatever it is, that spirit of lust that is in the world has become so strong and it's not identified anymore as lust. It's identified as love. And that, that you have to accept that it's love when it's not love. Mm -hmm. And so we're raising, you know, a lot of young people today to call love what isn't love. And I think that's what happened in this situation. When you are so empty, you look for what you call love, but you don't really understand lust. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, until that lust is satisfied, uh, you're calling it love. But as she found out, um, that wasn't really love. That was only what the other person could receive, yeah. not what she needed in that relationship. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. So just quotes around what she copy and paste what she just said. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give you a break to look at your notes. No. <laughs> We've saved the day. She did it. Through all of those relationships and running after the wrong relationships, I had lost all the relationships that were actually of importance to me. My sister um, is now my best friend, and my mom would pick up that phone and do anything for me. Um, but I had lost those relationships because I, was, I had turned into somebody that they just, I mean, they just couldn't be around. I mean, I didn't want to be around myself, much less around somebody like me. And they had no, I mean, it was like a black hole for them. I had gotten so good at hiding what was actually going on in my life because I was trying to paint a picture of what it should have been for these individuals because they had kind of fumbled uh, fumbled the ball, right? And, and now God will restore. God will restore those relationships back to you. And he's been able to do that, right? I didn't talk to my sister unless probably forced to for quite some time. Um, my mom half the time didn't know what was going going on with me because I would only allow her to know so much because I was trying to hide it all, right? Um, even though I was partying all the time and making these bad choices, the one constant in my life was my career. Um, and that is kind of, of the highlight. I joke and tell my mom that I'm the trophy child. I'm the one that she gets to, uh, to dote about and tell everybody the accomplishments to make herself look good. Uh, no, totally kidding. Um, so I did start with uh, finish line. I don't, they're probably going to be like, wow, don't ever put this out publicly. Are they going to try to fire me? Who knows? Um, I started with finish line, the sneaker store in the mall when I was 16 years old. Um, I never could have ever thought of being a store manager. My sister and mom would tell me all the time, oh, I could see you running this place one day. And I would think to myself, wow, 30 of me, Never. I would never want to manage 30 of me. Are you kidding me? Um, but God has a sense of humor, and that's exactly what ended up happening. Um, so a couple, of, uh, a couple of the things that happen along that course, right, is even though it's now gotten me to where I'm at, um, and I'll lead on to that, is it wasn't always easy, and it won't always be easy, right? And I think that sometimes we look at God in, in the sense of that he makes things happen to us, um, we, we blame God for the things that, that go on, um, the things that don't pan out the way that we want them to pan out when we think they should pan out. And I think that, uh, you know, when I was driving today, I thought, wow, thank you so much for showing up late. Because if you would have done for me what I thought should have been done on my time, I would not be where I am today. Um, and that, a lot of what I've went through my career has, has been where God has been able to flow through me like a vessel to reach people and to touch people. And I would tell people all the time when I was in store is that, you know, we, we look at things like a sales floor and then we have a bench where our customers sit and then you have your position. And I would always tell them that your position is your pulpit. People are going to listen to you merely because you have a management title attached to your name. 
So that's the pulpit to the preacher. Your sales floor is your sanctuary, and your shoe benches are your pulpit, right? And what you show to people on any given day will be exactly the measure of who they think God is. You don't have to talk about God to people for them to see God in you, right? A lot of that comes with you just being a good person and you showing up. Um, so a couple of the things that, that happened along my career is um, I had a, a manager. I had an assistant manager that worked under me, and he um, was the, the serpent to Eve, let me just tell you. Uh, everything, everything, everything started out to what I seemed to be really good. I thought, wow, I'm really excited to have him on the team. Um, brought him on, and that was not the way that things panned out very soon. He thought that he could, if he could just get me fired, that he could have my position. And so he went to the extreme. He would follow me home from work. He knew where I lived. Um, he would run interference on anything. The minute that phone would ring, he would have something to say about me to whoever was on the other side of the phone. Um, he even went to as far as to write a letter to HR uh, telling HR that I had had an affair with my boss. And so I grew up in a home where, um, this wasn't on my notes, so I apologize, my dad wasn't the most faithful, right? And so for that, it really, sh it struck a chord in me because I thought, wow, you know, for you to indicate that I've done those things has now put my entire character in, in question. So starting with the company at 16, I was promoted to a management position as soon as I turned 18. I was the youngest store manager in the company, and I had had five promotions within one year where you weren't supposed to promote more than once. Um, and for me, I felt, you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't get taken care of as soon as I thought, right? In my head, I'm thinking, wow, just fire him. Um, but that's not how it happened, right? And I was frustrated in that because I'm like, well, this is, I mean, come on, HR. He's following me to my house. He's doing all of these things. Just fire him. Because in my head, that's how I felt like it was supposed to go. But God had a bigger a bigger and a better plan because that would be part of my story. Um, in that moment, I'm, although I've cried way more times on here than I would like to admit to my sister at the end of this, I have always been kind of the feisty one, right? I'm the one that's well, like, oh, questionable if we want her to be the mediator because it's going to end up all wrong, right? My niece, uh, I babysit my little, my little cousins, and when they would get in arguments, they were like five and seven, I'd make them just put boxing gloves on and be like, well, we're not gonna, I'm not having this, so you can just fight it out, right? That was who it was. So for me, I'm thinking, all right, all the ways that I want to tear into this guy to eradicate this issue, I couldn't because it was my job on the line, right? Um, in that moment, the, and, and I, wasn't, I wasn't super um, involved in church. I mean, I was still running at that point, so it wasn't like I was seeking God's face all of the time. I mean, I was really trying to do things my way, um, and I've seen small success in that, right? And with him, I finally got pushed to a point. I'm like, as many fires as he's setting, I physically am incapable of running around and putting all of them out. And this is not panning out the way that I thought this was going to pan out. Um, and so the Lord revealed to me, Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And in that moment, I had no other choice but to just be still because it didn't matter how hard I tried to fight. Um, I was taught at a young age that you're not fighting people, you're fighting powers and principalities. Um, and I said it jokingly to you when we were talking about this, I am not fit for a fight with a demon, I will tell you that right now. <laughs> I, mean, I will do my best to fight whoever I can, but when it comes to that, that is not my neck of the woods to be in, right? Um, and then moving through that, he finally, he finally got fired, right? But he only got fired after I put it in God's hands um, because I... I didn't have any control over that situation. But as you know, where one fire is put out, the devil is quick to start another one. Um, so as I was getting promoted, I worked in a store with um, another individual, and her personality just wasn't quite like mine. I'm very direct and very outgoing and bubbly, but when you're put into a position in a sales position, you're there to get results. And for me, as I'm very competitive, so uh, I'm the bull in the china shop. I would rather pull them out and finesse them out of anybody um, and that just didn't really go over too well with her and so what I what I was finding success in uh, were in her mind all of my weaknesses right 
And so I remember getting to go get promoted, and one of the things that was kind of holding me back that put me in question was a write-up that she had wrote and put into my folder that I didn't know anything about. Um, and it went down this long list, uh, laundry list of things on my last day in her store before getting to this other location that I had that I had done. And it was one of those things that you don't always see the devil coming, right? He's kind of that sheep's and uh, what is it, the... He's a wolf in sheep's uh, in sheep's clothing, right? And and sometimes you won't always see. And that's where I thought, okay, this is far beyond me, right? I've really got to put this into into God's hands. And I remember my brother telling me when I was seeing a lot of success as a younger manager that you'll see success as long as the anointing of God is on you, and you're doing what you're supposed to do. But once that's lifted and you're no longer walking in the call of God, you'll not see the same success. You'll see small success, only what you can generate, but it won't be on the magnitude of what God can actually deliver. Um, and so I, just this past year, so about a year and a half ago, I'd started, I said, well, okay, I'm sick of being here. This isn't really uh, fulfilling what I thought that it was going to fulfill for me. I'm just going to try real estate. Uh, <laughs> literally from selling shoes to selling houses, it is a whole another ball game, let me tell you. Um, and so I tried my hand in that, right? And, and I thought, oh, wow, God's got his hand on this. This is what I'm destined to do. I was in the top of my class for real estate school, you know, so on and so forth. And it just wasn't panning out, right? So in my head, I would pray and pray and pray, God, send me a client. Whoever I call on this other end of this line, let them not yell at me for calling them on this robo-caller, but let them tell me they want me to come list their house. I mean, I was just praying this, and it was just not working. And I'm thinking, God do you not hear me? Because I think I am talking loud enough for you to hear me, right? Um, and so in my head, I had, I had got it all planned out. I'm a numbers kind of girl, and I like money. So I'm like, okay, I can serve at Texas Roadhouse for this long. I can generate this amount of money, and if I generate this amount of money, it's a good enough cushion for me to quit. So I had, had it all planned out. I was going to quit in January of this year, and I was going to go sell real estate full time. And that didn't happen, clearly. Uh, so God has a sense of humor. In January, I was promoted into my new position with the current company that I'm with. Uh, so the company that I'm with, they were bought out by a UK company. And um, the position that I'm now in wasn't, it, it never existed for finish line. It was only created. And I remember it popping up on the computer and I thought, wow, that is everything that I could possibly have ever wanted. I mean, that is my dream job to be a trainer. Um, and I remember thinking, oh, I'll never get it because there's thousands and thousands of people in this company. But I thought, what, what the heck, because real estate's not panning out. Um, so I put my application in, and I just struck a deal with God. If it's meant to be, it'll be. And if not, I won't be upset about it. And I, and I really had that kind of mindset. So I went through the first couple of, first couple of rounds. And um, previous to this, my, my old district manager had just been uh, dismissed out of the company, to say it politely. He was fired. Um, and so there was another young lady that was moved into to the position of the district manager, and I didn't know her from Adam. And I don't in the corporate world, I mean, if you don't know somebody, you're not getting much of anywhere. So I really thought, wow, I'm probably not going to get this job, but it's okay. I'll just give it a shot. And um, she put in a good word for me, and she came to meet me when she stepped into her new position. She came to meet me at my store, and she had called the SVP of the company afterwards and said, I don't know. I don't know who she is, but I've just met somebody. And he's like, what are you even talking about? And she's like, there's something about this girl. She's going to be somebody. Just mark my words, right? And I hadn't said anything to her in that conversation for her to indicate that I was much of anything, right? Because I'm tired of my job. I've just come through holiday season. I'm ready to get out of here. I don't want to go through another Christmas with these horrible customers yelling at you all the time. I mean, I really don't know what she's seen in me in that conversation because I was giving her every grievance that I had about this last guy and how he was, God, he did not measure up in his job, and I would hope to God you're a little bit better than him, right? And, I mean, I really still to this day think, oh, Katie, bless your heart, I don't, I don't know what you've gotten these people into Get, vouching for me. Um, and so I applied for it, and within a month's time, not only was I promoted, but I was on a flight headed to the U.K. for two weeks for my training. And uh, I didn't grow up where we got very many vacations and hadn't been on a vacation in probably seven years. Um, and I remember just feeling God's love when I landed on that plane because it was anything beyond 
my wildest dreams. I mean, I wanted to get to New York. I thought if I can just get to New York, I've made it. And I couldn't even get myself there, let alone get to Lake Michigan and pretend, <laughs> pretend on Instagram that I was in Florida. I mean, I couldn't get myself much of anywhere. And I've said all of this, you know, said all of that to say this, is that if it weren't for God's love, first of all, I wouldn't have even made it through these 45 minutes, right, because I've rambled on. But if it weren't for God's grace and love, I wouldn't be where I'm at because nothing that I've went through and none of the choices that I have made have qualified me to be where I'm at today. And it's not about the position, right? It's not about getting my dream job. It's about what God can do within that position because it's merely opened up an opportunity for me to get in front of more people. I'm going from, I go from overseeing 30 people inside of my store during holiday, which is max, to now I oversee over 600 stores uh, with training for the company. And I remember going to Liverpool on my UK trip, and I remember just feeling this overwhelming um, feeling on this plane when I or on this train when I had arrived into Liverpool, and I remember just being brought to tears. And I thought, why are you crying? I mean, this is ridiculous. Shouldn't you be happy? And it was because in that moment, I really felt God's love, right? And and. I didn't have it. I was in a foreign country. I had nobody to talk to. I was forced to be quiet for once in my life. And in that, <laughs> and in that quiet and in that still is where God will speak to us, right? We've got, you know, I've got Lauren Daigle cranked up in the car and can't figure out why I can't hear God. I mean, you know, but, but there I was forced to be still and quiet. And I remember just standing there and God started to speak to me. And I went through every bad relationship that you could feel possible, right? I mean, you can give me a story. I'm probably got one 10 times as bad for you to give right back. But he started to speak into my spirit to say, don't you see how much I love you? I've saved you multiple times, right? I've, I've ended these relationships on your behalf because I was trying to protect you. And I was willing to fly you all the way to the UK just to show you how much I love you. I've given you a new job just to show you how much I love you, right? And I, I've, I've knocked on a boyfriend's door before and known he was inside and couldn't even get him to answer the door. I mean, I've, I've bought shoes and food and brought money just for the opportunity to have a second to see them, right? Oh, I just want to see you. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, well, do you want me to pick you up some chicken wings and bring them over? oh, yeah, well, I guess I could probably spare about 10 minutes, but I'm in the middle of this video game competition, so you can't stay around, right? And that was what I was chasing after. I mean, that was love to me, right? That was, I couldn't imagine that relationship ending. And to now know the love of our father, right? He's a good, good father. I chased after that relationship that I didn't have with my dad for a long time because as a girl, right, you're thinking, who's going to walk me down the aisle, well, it's not going to be this guy because you can't even trust him. He's wild, right? You never know what he's going to do. But for me to now know this love that I don't have to have all of the answers. I don't have to be good at my job. I don't have to have some pharmaceutical degree that's my dad's dream job for me. All I have to do is show up and to be open and to love him and to trust him. And for me is the love that I feel, right, is that I used to, you know, being raised in church, I would, I would look around looking at my mom like she's in the middle of praise and worship and she's crying. I do not, I do not, is something wrong? What's happened? And it's in my, in my small mind, I didn't understand what was going on, but now I get it, right? Is that when we start to praise and we start to worship, and even when we feel like it's all going wrong, even when we feel like we have nothing to be thankful for, if you just come to that altar and you just start to praise him and you just begin to be in his presence, he'll minister to you right? I mean, I have been lonely, and I'm sure everybody in here has felt lonely, and it is not fun. And I have felt like my world was crashing down, and all I wanted was a hug with nobody in sight. And there's some times where I just have to begin to ask him, just wrap me in your embrace. Just let me feel your love, because I'm feeling really lonely now. Just fill me with that. And that is now where I've, where I've come, right? And I've looked at people and thought, wow, you have got it all together, and they are going through misery on the other side of what I think appears to be perfect. And for me, that used to be me like, oh, my gosh. And I even struggled to share this today because I'm thinking, oh, 
I do not want to embarrass my sister. These people are entrusting her with their children, and <laughs> we come from the same bloodline. They are going to really question what she's able to do. Um, and without trying to put anything fancy on it, right, is I just want you guys to understand and to be able to see that God loves you that much, even when you've made every wrong decision possible, even when you have taken it into your own hands and thought you can do this better than him, even when you have turned away from him and chased every poor relationship to try to fill that void that's meant to be him, he's still there, right? And I've, I think a lot of times, especially as, as young people, is that we read scripture verse and we think, okay, cool, we've got it and we move on, but it never really penetrates, right? And for me, I'm a person that I have to, even when I train, I have to break things down to ways that people understand. And, you know, the scripture verse where he talks about he gave his only begotten son to come and save us. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's great, right? Appreciate that. High five. But little Hudson, at four years old, I mean, he is just the apple of my eye. I mean, that is my pal. I walk into the door, and he's yelling my name. And I couldn't think about ever handing him over to be killed to save strangers that don't even care about me doing it. I mean, there you might be sitting next to somebody that you might not like in here, but I would probably be pressed to say that you'd be willing to just hand them over if somebody came in through the door and said, I'll make you a deal. And for me, is I start to think about those things, and I start to really see what God's love truly is for us, is that I have not given him the platform in my life that I should have, have give him given him before right and I've not got it all right but I'm trying now and that's all that he asks so just try just trust me I don't need for you to give to get it all right the first time and through his love and through his embrace he'll get us where we're supposed to go and it'll always be to serve his greater purpose and for God to stand tall in us and that's one of the things that I pray every time I go into a store to try to train or a class is just stand tall in me I don't want them to see me I want them to see you and I, and I work, uh, if you've not met anybody from the UK, some of them are very lovely and some of them are quite harsh. And that has been the way that our company has been meant to be ran. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get along great with these people. I mean, they're going to they're gonna love me. I'm going to just say it how it is, right? And I'm thinking, God, you have paired me up with the right people. But how many of you know that God will start to change your heart? And when he starts to change your heart, you'll start to question yourself a little bit. And I have found myself going into some of these stores and dealing with people, and I'm like, Mackenzie, what are you doing? I mean, you were supposed to lay down the wall, and you are being way too soft on these people. And, and in praying that is that I'll change the mold of that company through God. God will change the mold of that company and the way that things are done because we're meant to show God's love everywhere that we go. I've gotten on that plane sometimes and thought, I am about to read them the riot act and tell them exactly how I feel about what they're doing inside of this store. And when I get there, that is, that is not the tone that's set inside of that visit. We don't want to just show up, right? We want, we want people to have an encounter. And he's now given me the opportunity to, to be able to, to allow for people to walk through that encounter with God and to see him. And, you know, through training young adults, you know, we do a training course. And I just had a young man uh, walk up to me a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, wow, I I really resonate a lot with your story and, and where you're at, but, you know, I'm just mad, you know, and I just don't, everything seems to be going wrong, and I just don't get it, and that was opportunity for me to minister to him from where I am, like, I'm probably going to get fired by HR for this, there's a good possibility, they tell you you're not supposed to talk about God, but I've never done exactly what I was supposed to do, I've always been through rules a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, it was the opportunity to be able to actually have that conversation with him to, to allow him to know that we have our own free will and through our choices, right? But that everything will be turned around for the glory of those who love God. And, yeah, so. and your last scripture. Oh, yeah. There we go. See, good thing I have Pastor Pam up here. If you could just pull the closing scripture up on the... Um, goes on from 37 yeah 37 yeah. through 19 yeah yet in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord 
if you've ever stood on, on the edge of the ocean, you can't see the other side. If you have ever tried to swim that, I'm sure you would probably be unsuccessful. And that still is not far enough for God's love not to reach us. You know, I think about people that try to make long-distance relationships work, and it's a stretch being two hours away. It would be a stretch living in the U.K. and having a relationship with somebody in the U.S. I see it fail all the time in the office with them trying to live here. But through God's love, that's still not far enough for him to, to be kept from us. And he will continue to run after us and run after us and run after us. And I have loved hard with the best of them and thought, man, I could never live out live without this person. And here I am living. And I've I've cried out for them, right? I've, I've scratched at the walls like, ah, oh, this, this heartache hurts, right? And still, even in that, I've been fed up. At some point in time, I'm not going to text another text. I'm not going to call another call. I'm not going to beg again. I just give up. And God has sat here begging for us just for him to love us. He's not even really asking anything in return. He's just asking for us to love him back. He just wants to love us. And I've been in that position. And I'm sure some of you sit inside of the sanctuary are thinking, you've got somebody in your life that you just want to love them. And they're pushing you away. That's where God is, right? We push him away all the time. All he wants to do is just love us. And we don't often get that, right? A lot of times we fight it. I remember being young and knowing to speak in tongues when everything was going bad. And I wouldn't even speak in tongues because I knew I was praying for something that I didn't know what I was getting myself into. He's probably going remo- to remove the one thing that I didn't want him to remove. I'm not speaking in tongues. He's going to kick this boyfriend <laughs> to the curb for me, right? This is Sorry, this is supposed to be sentimental. but anyway. I have never, even to this day, felt a love that I've been chasing after until I finally allowed for God to love me. And he has given me my wildest dreams. And I was driving, you know, and and I was thinking about some of the things, you know, that I've asked God for. And I thought, wow, I'm asking for one client and that's going to equate to about $2,000 deal. And you have, within one promotion, given me $20,000 on top of what they already expected to pay somebody. And I didn't even know to ask for it. And it's because of his love for us. Is that if, if, you, if you want something, ask him for it. Just ask him for it. If you, want, if you want a mansion gated, he'll give it to you. Don't discredit him, right? I'm not going to ask him for one meal. I'm asking for a, to, to, for a feast, right? But most importantly is just that through everything that you go through, understand that God's love is enough to restore. Back to you, everything that you felt was void. Everything that you felt like or are feeling like is going wrong, everything that's went, everything that's currently going on, and everything that's bound to come. He doesn't say that we won't go without trials. He doesn't say that we won't go without heartache. But he does promise us that through his love, he'll make it all right. And for me, it's just that's kind of what I wanted to be able to deliver to you guys today and and for you to see is that it has nothing to do with me because if it was left in my hands through my own strength, I'd have fumbled it a long time ago, again and again and again. But through God's love, he's now been able to bring me on the other side of that. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that? In your own life, you know, you face things. Maybe not exactly the circumstances that she faced, but all of us look for things that don't quite measure up or disappoint. Uh, I want her to pray for us tonight, you know, that uh, I understand the love she talks about because I experienced it years ago. But I think it's true that even in the body of Christ, until you know that, you're vulnerable to what the enemy can try to do. And uh, I'd like you just to pray that that in this room, you know, uh, you know your own heart. We don't need to stand up, but I just want her to pray for you tonight right where you're sitting. And uh, just open our hearts to anything that God may want to show us tonight that would be standing between us and the love of God. Because we need to walk in that, in that understanding of that kind of love.
Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to, to come and to have been able to, to open up and share. And Lord, out of everybody sitting out there, you know their hearts. And you know exactly where they sit tonight and what they're going through, what they've gone through, Lord. And, and you know the hurt and the pain that they've felt. And you know the scars that they battle with today and the tragedy that they're faced with, Lord. But I just ask for you to reveal to them who you are to fill them with your love, Lord, to give them that embrace that they've been searching for and running after. And wherever they sit, Lord, even if they think that it's all perfect, show them that you're bigger than what you've already given them. And just be able to fill this place with your love and fill their hearts with love, Lord, not not just so that they can feel your love, but they can be that love to the world and that they can begin to, you'll begin to soften their hearts, Lord, so that they can share that love with, with those that are hurting and broken, Lord, and just begin to minister to them exactly where they are and show them that it doesn't matter what you've went through, Lord, that they need not be ashamed because through you, that's the message. And that in order for us to fulfill the call that you have on our life, Lord, it takes all of the things that we go through, even those things that may feel and be unwanted. And I just ask, Lord, that as we leave here tonight and let it not die tonight when they go to sleep, Lord, Lord, but even tomorrow to be able to just feel your love and to feel your warm embrace, Lord, and your grace and your mercy and allow for them to give that to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and I want you all to stretch your hands out because I believe that um, I believe that God has put Kinsey in this position. I remember, uh, and it's been a few years back when she first came to me. Actually, I think somebody said you need to go see her and uh, <laughs> get to her fast but uh you know and I heard her stories and uh, we talked several times and uh you know when you see somebody hurting you want to snatch them out of the fire but sometimes you just have to give that word of encouragement that you know y- you can do it and I'm gonna be here praying and believing and standing with you and uh, but it takes a few times sometimes for people to really like she said, say, enough is enough. I know God is saying, get out of this. And, uh, and, and so um, I want us just to pray a, a hedge of protection around her because she does travel all over the United States. Every week she's all over the place. She's flying. She's going into environments. And how many of you know the devil loves to steal the testimony of those who have overcome? And so, Father, I thank you for Kenzie. I thank you that that uh, everywhere the, f- the sole of her foot touches, it will be a prosperous place for her and for those that are with her. I thank you, Lord, that, that the courage that you've put in her heart uh, to just let go of the things that always seemed the most important to her and, and embrace what you have for her as being your love, to see her flourish, uh, just like Psalm 1 said, that as she's by that river, she flourishes because that river of living water that's on the inside of her rises up every day and, and waters the places where, where she needs to be encouraged. It waters her where she needs to be assured that you're with her. Wherever she is, I thank you, the angels of the Lord are encamped about her. I bind any work of the enemy that would try to cause her to be diverted in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the multitudes of people that you now have set her before for the love of God to flow from her, even though she's sharing her training session in order to cause them to be profitable to a company. I thank you her words will be profitable for the kingdom of God in the lives of those that are listening to her. And I thank you, Lord, that every day she's moving closer to all the things that you've prepared for her, one step at a time, one day at a time, as she seeks first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And I thank you for her and her family. In Jesus' name, amen. And let's give God praise tonight. Yep. I'm going to ask Kenzie to go to the door so you all can give her a good handshake or a hug when, she, when you leave. Hallelujah. Go and be blessed. See you Sunday. And uh, bring a friend. Hallelujah. We're going we're gonna, to uh, celebrate the goodness of God. And next Tuesday night, bring your testimony. Uh, get it ready. <laughs> it, only, it doesn't have to be long, but you all need to be able to give something. Go and be blessed. <laughs>